Don't put your hands together and lift up the name of Jesus with all your heart. There's a great spirit in here. Some of us haven't come to church yet. Would you just entertain the presence of the Lord here for just a moment? Would you magnify him the way you, the way you see him, the way you believe him? Oh, lift up the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's praise him. Right here, something needs to break right here. I'm going to preach, but the Lord wants to do something in this place, and we need to get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody just, just shake it off. What am I shaking off? He's shaking off the holiday fever. Amen. We hope that all of the mothers had a great Mother's Day. And we are shifting from that for a little while here and believing that the Lord is going to meet with us in this place tonight. We cannot just have good church we, we can't make people come to church and we can't make people get the Holy Ghost we, we can't make people live for God but we can't get comfortable in just having good church alright so I'm going to read my text here and then we're going we're gonna to pray before you're seated and when you pray I think you can agree with me it's just a little bit of a traditional spirit here tonight that doesn't mean we're bad people doesn't mean we're backslid it just means it's been pouring rain all day and it's Mother's Day and all that kind of stuff or whatever Let, before I read my text is Sister April in here Brother Mike yeah, and her team, um, they always do such a spectacular job decorating. It's absolutely beautiful out in the foyer today, tonight. And we want to say how much we appreciate it. Brother Maine was standing back this morning kind of by the door off in the corner. I said, you all right? He said, I'm, di I'm just in awe of all this stuff right here. He said, I, I'm the guy that can't figure out what color to paint the fence. And then all of this it just blows me away that this came out of a, somebody's mind. And I'm so thankful for all the different ministries that we have here across our different campuses and the wonderful talent that we have and we're, we're thankful for this. And they do a spectacular, spectacular job. And all of you that are on her team, I wish I had a list tonight. But I, um, for the sake of time, I just, you know who you are. And, and we've recognized you before. But we appreciate your very hard work. Second Timothy chapter 3. This know also 
that in the last days, perilous times shall come. I think they're here. And the description was given very vividly so that we would recognize it when it came. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They'll be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. The living Bible there says disobedient to parents, ungrateful to them, and thoroughly bad. Verse 3, without natural affection, they will be truce breakers and false accusers, incontinent and fierce, and despisers of those that are good. They will be despisers of those that are good. They'll be traitors and heady. That word that word heady means to fall forward. And the word signifies the character of someone who rushes headlong or out of control into matters. Defining them as being very self-willed. The word perilous, and I'm not done with the text. The word perilous means violent, fierce, it is used of demoniacs, wild, not tame, savage, evil, and calamitous. These are the things that encompass the word perilous. In the last days shall be days full of demoniacs, wild people, not tame, savage, evil, and calamitous. They'll be traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, which is extremely dangerous to having a form or the formality of godliness, but denying the power thereof, he said, from such turn away. In the Living Bible, it said they will go to church, yes, but they won't really believe anything they hear. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust. The living translation there says, making friendships with silly, sin-burdened women and teach them their new doctrines. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against Bible studies, and I'm certainly not against ladies' Bible studies, and I'm certainly not against group Bible studies. We believe in all that, but it has become very popular for groups of different philosophies and mindsets and theologies to get together, and nobody's in charge, and they just get together and they talk about the Bible. What does it mean to you? Or what does it mean to you? And everybody seems to be right in the group. And so that's why verse 7 describes these people as being ever learning. 
and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Living Bible says women of that kind are forever following new teachers. The newest prophet that comes on the scene, they become part of their fan club and their groupies. And so all of that is described. And then he uses verse 8 and he reaches all the way back to the second book of the Old Testament. And he said, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Living Bible. And these teachers fight truth just as Janus and Jambres fought against Moses. They have dirty minds, warped and twisted. And then verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was, as Janus and Jambres's folly was also. And then Acts 1 and 8, you'll recognize it. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest unto all men just as the folly of Janus and Jambres was manifested I want to talk to you tonight from the subject magic versus miracle magic versus miracle now I want us to pray and if you'll make contact with your neighbor there father we we know you're in this place we have felt you in this pre, in this place trying to break through working to break through lord there's there's nothing wrong with us i believe we're, we're a good people i don't think we're backslid but i think there is a little pushback from the flesh here tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to focus our mind and our attention on you. If there's any fatigue in the building, Lord, I pray that you would lift it. If there's anybody exhausted, just ready to go home and be done with the day, weary in their mind, weary in their body. sleepy because they didn't get enough rest last night I pray that there would be a surging of the Holy Spirit power in this place let there be an anointing Lord that comes and destroys the yoke of bondage and heaviness upon our minds tonight we worship you and we lift up the name of Jesus oh God you are worthy of praise we exalt you we're praying Lord God for a divine infusion of apostolic anointing and fire in this place God you didn't just give us the Holy Ghost you gave us the Holy Ghost and fire and I pray that you would help us to be awakened in the Holy Ghost here tonight 
In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you clap your hands like you really mean it, like you're really thankful, and would you lift your voice like you are grateful to be a part of the body of Christ tonight? Oh, hallelujah, lift up high praises to him. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God, and you may be seated. I um, am probably going to do a lot more talking than preaching tonight, and I want the the Lord to help us to to engage with the moment where we now stand. I will say this again just for the purpose of reiteration. We cannot just come in here and have good church. Are you good? You hear? It's easy to feel disconnected. It's easy to feel discombobulated. It's easy to get bored with the status quo, the mundane. You know, the mundane of the power of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Sometimes it can get a little boring. But we have to understand the time in which we live, we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. This is not our first rodeo. It's not the first battle that we have fought. And sometimes I would rather just be fighting devil straight up in my face than devils I can't identify. And sometimes when it's dull and dead and subtle, it just feels blah. Sometimes we don't equate that as being demonic resistance, but in fact it is because that's not what the Spirit of God feels like. Are you listening to me tonight? Hopefully you're not on your phone. There is only one place in the entire Bible where these names Janus and Jambres are mentioned. It's not in the book of Exodus. It's right here in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Their names are never mentioned in the entirety of the Old Testament. They're not mentioned in the Gospels nor in the book of Acts. But near the end of the ministry of Paul, as he is preparing Timothy to preach to his generation, he is warning him that there shall be perilous times. Now, they were living in the last days at that moment. The last days, the last days did not really begin last year, a couple of years ago, five years or a decade ago. We have been in the last days since the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the beginning of the church. We are in the church age. We're in the age of grace. And so this was last day preaching. He said, perilous times shall come. And then he identifies the characteristics of the last day community, the citizens of the world, the attitude of Gentile nations. He identifies them with these characteristics and then he connects it and compares it to the resistance against Moses of Janus and Jambres. Now Janus' name means 
he vexed. Now, this is spelled J-E-N-N-E-S. Her name does not mean he vexed. Sister Janice. It's a different Janice. I just wanted to, I don't want her to be uncomfortable. But this J-E-N-N-E-S means he vexed. And then Jambres means foamy healer. Someone that was caught up in some kind of satanic occult meditation. Transcendental trance. Frothing and foaming at the mouth. And performing what seemed to be miracles. So the spirit of the world is, is always in confrontation with the church. There's never a time when there is not a resistance against us. Never a time when there is not resistance against us. I'm going to say it again. There is never a time. When it's sunny and it's 73 outside and you don't have a care in the world, there's still resistance. There is never a time when there is not resistance against us from the powers of darkness and the powers of evil. It's been in existence since the fall of humanity and even before that. In verse, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 6 and 7, the scripture said, From which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. That term vain jangling means vain talker or vain talk or empty conversation, empty sounds or fruitless discussions like I just described earlier. What do you think about the word? Well, here's what I think. We're both right. We might be both right if you're talking about Acts 2.38 and you're saying you've got to be born again of the water and the spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. But if you're living by opposing theologies, you're either both wrong or one of you's wrong and one of you's right. But just identifying that as it's okay, we're talking about the scripture. It becomes, it becomes ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's, all, that's why I always caution by those that teach with question marks. They ask more questions than they do make declarations. Preaching is about declaring. It's not about asking. It's about speaking the truth that is the word of God. A true teacher of the word will teach with authority and not as the scribes, as it was with Jesus. He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. But many of the teachers in the world of Christendom today, they leave it open for discussion. There are very few declarations being made because that will offend somebody. And the enemy comes in and infuses the truth and turns it into vain jangling to where the hearers don't understand, the teachers don't understand either what they say nor whereof they affirm. Nothing's affirmed. There's no declaration. There's no line in the sand. It's just empty sounds and fruitless discussions, vain talk and empty conversation. 
The enemy's good at raising questions. He will come to you and say, hey, does your church teach this? Do they not teach this? Well, what about this? Well, how, how come they don't teach this? And what do you feel about this? It's just questions. It's questions. It's questions. And anytime you're asking questions, somewhere in there when it has to do with theology, the enemy finds a way to get in there to ask so many questions until he begins to get you to question. The Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And when you know the truth, there is no more question about the truth. When you understand that you must be born again of the water of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. When you understand that there is one God who robed himself in flesh and came in the likeness of sinful man and for sin, condemning sin in the flesh. And Jesus was his name, and there is no salvation outside of the name of Jesus. And that repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of sins and the unfilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is the new birth experience. The new birth experience is not shaking the preacher's hand. It's not, it's not joining the church. It's not joining a small group. It's not, it's not joining a friendship group. It's not playing ball on Monday night. That, that's not the born-again experience. The born-again experience is where God does something so supernatural in your life that he frees you from sin to where you don't want to go back to it anymore. The truth shall make you free. But the enemy, the enemy is good at vain talk and empty conversation. Hath God said? Are you sure he said it like that? Are you sure that's exactly what he said? And then when Eve repeats it back to the serpent, she repeats it wrong because he didn't say not to touch the tree. He said don't eat of it. She's confused, and all of a sudden, before you know it, what she knew was wrong, she's reaching up to partake of. What once was forbidden has now been justified because she's no longer sure about the truth. There is a spirit out there that is constantly resisting and pushing against the truth. If you've got a revelation of the truth, don't you ever let go of it. And don't you let anybody ever talk you out of it. Clap your hands if you're thankful for what you know. The Bible said in Exodus chapter 7 verse 11 that Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. They were imitating what Moses was demonstrating. The enemy is an imitator. Somebody needs to get a revelation of this tonight. He is an imitator. He will build big buildings to imitate what the church really is. And he will turn the force which is the church into a performance and a display of talent, and catchy phrases, and sayings, and quotes, and alliteration, and catchy words, and all that. And I'm for all poetic, whatever, you know, wax eloquent if you want to in the pulpit. But somewhere in all of your eloquence, better be the truth. 
Paul said, I came not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I come to you in demonstration of, of the power of God. Truth is always accompanied with the power of God's demonstration. The word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The spirit of the Lord was present to heal. These signs shall follow them that believe. The Lord working with them, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles. You can't have the preaching of the truth. You can't have the teaching of the truth. You can't have the speaking of the truth without the demonstration of the truth. Truth is not a doctrine. Truth is a person. It's the God of heaven and earth that robed himself in flesh in him was life and the life was light, the light of men. In him was life. He was truth in the flesh. He was the word in flesh. And so the enemy is an imitator. He is an imitator. Moses comes to town He's casting down his rod. It becomes a serpent. The sorcerers, the magicians, in like manner with their enchantments, they did the same. And when Pharaoh saw it in verse 22, the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. False doctrine and pseudo-demonstration causes a heart to be hardened. Well, I thought y'all said that y'all had the truth. I mean, they, they look, they're kind of doing a lot of the same stuff y'all are. They're singing the same songs. They're teaching out of the same book. They have better programs than you do. More comfortable seating. Better light program. Better sound equipment. Their live stream looks better. That what, what's the difference between you and them? I mean, y'all, I mean, church is church, isn't it? Christianity is Christianity, right? Just got to be a Christian to get to heaven, but be careful because the enemy's an imitator. He doesn't have originality. There's nothing original about him. And he didn't create this. Jesus Christ died for this. And upon this rock, he said, I will build my church and the devil said, okay, well, I'll build a fabricated church. Now, he don't mind talking about Jesus, and he don't mind quoting Scripture. As long as somebody will look at it and say, well, I don't see the difference between the miracle of Moses and the magic of the Egyptians. We're living in a day where it's very difficult for people to make distinction because of all the religious labels. and Just choose your favorite brand. Go join that. Go where you like. Go where you fit best. Go where you're most comfortable. You probably need to go where you're most uncomfortable if you're living in sin. I, I said this last week, but I, I need the preacher to make me uncomfortable. I don't want him to pet on me. I, I don't want to hire some teacher to scratch my ears because I've got itching ears because I've turned away my heart from the truth. I'm talking about vain jangling and empty conversations. Church buildings have become self-help centers where people don't preach against sin anymore. And the reason is because the spirit of resistance is out there always resisting the truth. 
trying to justify their characteristics of being traitors and heady and high-minded and covetous and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Perilous times. Perilous times. It's not the people out there in the world that are living like the devil that you really got to worry about. It's the people that are living like the devil but are members of big churches and small churches but don't preach the truth. They have embraced a doctrine that is not of God and they have traded the magic for the miracle, the magic of the performance for the demonstration of the miraculous power of God and they can't tell the difference and they choose the magic over the miracle with a hardened heart. In Exodus chapter 8 and verse 7, the Bible said the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Oh, we've never done that one before, but I think we can do it. Let's see, boys, if we can do this. I don't know who this guy is. He used to live here a long time ago, but if he can do it, we can do it. And so they, they did so with their enchantments. Moses brought frogs upon the land. They said, we can do that too. And then in the 18th verse of chapter 8, the Bible said, And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice in the second plague. But they could not. So there were lice upon men and beasts. Then the magicians said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. It has extended what we're able to imitate. Because God will always be greater than the spirit out there in the world. The thing you need to understand about the spirit that resisted the truth as it, as it was the spirit of Janus and Jambres is that there is a limitation to it. There is only so far that it can go. Now I'm going to preach about the power of the devil for a little bit here tonight. But then I'm going to tell you that God is always greater than what the devil can do. The real thing is always greater than the imitation. And the miracle will always trump the magic. We've got, we've got too much pixie dust in some churches. Some fake anointing. Oh, they talk in tongues? I think we can do that. Repeat after me. You tie my tie, tie my tie, I lost the key to my Honda. Woo! Okay, right about that time, you need to fall out. Because if you fall on the ground, you must be living right. Imitators. Imitators. It's in our world. It's the spirit. Stay with me here, okay? This is an introduction. The spirit of the world is pushing against the church. It's been working to infiltrate the church. The true church using the magician's programs 
to build their churches and replacing the miracle with the magic. Replacing worship with enchantments. Replacing a move of God with acting like there's a move of God. It's the spirit of the world, but even the magicians got a revelation. Even though Pharaoh's heart was still hardened, and they said, hey, we know us, and we can't do that. This is the finger of God. And I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be some magicians in this world. And there's going to be some people that practice divination in this world because they understand the spirit world. That sooner or later the miracle is going to get a hold of them and they're going to realize uh, that what I thought was great, there's something greater. And they're going to trade in the magic for the miracle. Just stay with me for a little bit. We're headed somewhere. I'm telling you that what you have, the revelation that you have and the power of God that you feel, the touch of angels and the brush of angels' wings that you feel in this place and the, and the hand of God that is at work in your life, it is greater than anything that is out there in the world. Don't you ever leave the truth. Don't you ever leave the church. Don't you ever leave the miraculous power and demonstration of God. We've got to have a demonstration of the miraculous in this generation. We can't afford to become traditional and performance oriented and to trade in a move of God for our enchantments come on somebody believe it with me right now we need a move of God in this hour oh we've got to have it we've got to have it we need people to walk in this building and say I've been in a lot of church buildings but that's the finger of God in that place I saw blind eyes open I saw deaf ears unstopped I've been in a lot of buildings but I ain't never felt anything like that before Woo, do you believe what I'm preaching tonight clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise Amen. Amen. They, they've convinced our churches to shut down their Sunday nights and cancel their services for every holiday and every little bad inclement weather situation that comes along. Church has just become so inconvenient. And when you don't have the real thing and you don't have the power of God, are you kidding me right now? You couldn't drag me away from this place right now with a team of wild horses. Because the one that said, let there be light is in this building. I feel him all over, all over me. I am addicted to him. I'm not looking for convenience. I'm looking for a covenant. I want to be involved in what God is doing in this hour. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to get there. Genesis 41 and 8. It came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, Pharaoh, in the time of Joseph. And he said all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh, told them his dream. There was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. There, there's nobody that has access to knowledge and wisdom and the prophetic dimension like the people of God. You can go let them pull their 
best crystal ball I just got a brand new one from Amazon not me but you know they're just saying I got a new one from Amazon for $19.99 no I didn't get a crystal ball that was a close one come one come all I'm going to tell your fortune let me see your palm oh a lifeline Woo, wow you're going to have children wow you are going to get a raise much you'll see when it happens <laughs> the universe is going to bless you with peace and riches people are going to fall at your feet magicians but sooner or later even Pharaoh He's going to have something happen in his life that the magicians can't solve. God knows how to bring people to the end of themselves. He'll speak to them in a dream in the middle of the night. He'll give them a vision. Some demonic attack will come and they'll turn to what they've always known and they'll call, they'll call their pastor and they'll say, well, let me recommend you to a counselor. We got some apostolic pastors that do that too. Were you against counselors? No, I'm just for the Holy Ghost. But, but people need counselors. Yeah, and I suppose they need medication too. Because that's what they're going to prescribe. We're going to put you on a little pill to... Regulate your highs and lows. You got a little bipolar situation, hogwash. You got a demonic spirit that's tormenting you, and we have power over it. Don't bother criticizing. I've heard it all. You'll lose. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 20, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times. He's talking about Daniel and the three Hebrew children. He found them ten times better. Now, this is a heathen king. Nebuchadnezzar found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. In chapter 2 of verse 2, the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and they could not interpret it. Now, I'm telling you, the Bible said in 2 Timothy, in the text that I read to you, he said, They shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Janus and Jambres were left there with egg on their face and he said these people in the last days that are spewing out this kind of false doctrine and foaming and frothing at the mouth their perverted teachings. He said they will not last. It is going to come to an end. I'm telling you I don't know when but I know there, well I know this is happening right now. There is a distinction being made in the church and we're not the only ones that are right but I want to be on the right side of that distinction that is being made 
The line is saying, the Lord is drawing a line in the sand. We're going back to the days of Joshua. We're going back to the days of Moses at the, at the base of Mount Sinai when they were dancing around the golden cow. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. There is another line being drawn in the sand in this hour and God is saying, I am not going to let my apostolic church turn the miracle into a bunch of magic. If you want the magic, I'll let you go that way and think you're being successful. But I'm going to find myself a body and a church uh, for my name's sake and I'm going to do things through them. Uh, they that do know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Uh, we're going to see the working of miracles in this generation before the coming of the Lord like we have never seen it before. We're going to see the yellow. You talk about climate change, honey. There's going to be a climate change in the atmosphere. It ain't going to be about global warming. It's going to be about heaven's power. The power of God is going to move in this generation and he's going to use young people and old people and single and married. He's going to use every believer to do the will of God and the miracle is going to trump the magic. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. They hired Balaam to prophesy a curse against Israel. That spirit of resistance is always out there. That spirit of Babel's always out there. The birth of astrology, the seedbed of Babylon, mystery Babylon the greatest, as it's called in the book of Revelation, is, is trying to take over this time that we're living in, raising up false prophets and teachers. They don't mind shutting down their churches because it was never a church to begin with. We'll put it online. I mean, you get the same thing online as you did out of our church. That's right. You sure can. Nothing. You get a little pixie dust and a pretty smile and text in your offering. And we'll tell you you're saved. Matter of fact, we'll hand deliver communion to your home free of charge. I hope I make some enemies. I'd hate for them to be my friends. Say, so that's mean. Oh, yeah, like it was to Janice and Jambres. When you see it for what it is, it is nothing but the cloak of deception. It's like, look, it looks just like church. Look at it. Woo. Turn on the fog machine. We'll simulate the glory. Let's get the smoke machine glowing. We'll tell people that the glory of God was moving along the ground. Let's get the lights. We'll call it glory. Simulated church. Making a mockery of God. Oh, Moses, you can do that. We can do that too. Now, you need to understand that the devil does have power. And witchcraft is real. And some people are faking it just so they can take people's money. But some people have given themselves over to legions of devils. And they can levitate. 
They can spin their head around. They can roll their eyes back in their head. They can contort, roll themselves up in a ball and put themselves in a little box. They can send their spirit across the nation and stand in human form in some building somewhere when their flesh is somewhere else. Well, I don't believe that. You don't have to. It's real. Witchcraft is real. But it's imitation. And it's limited. Saul was so desperate for the prophet's voice that when the prophet was gone, he said, I just got to hear it one more time. And if I got to go see that witch... And he had outlawed witchcraft in the nation of Israel until it became convenient for him. We don't allow no witches. We don't allow no witchcraft. This is the nation of Israel. But when the, prophet, when the prophet's voice is gone and you've lost the tone of the prophetic voice of God, you'll substitute the magic for the miracle. And you'll go to whatever sensational experience you have to go to to get something that barely resembles what you used to feel when the prophet spoke. And so he went to the witch of Endor and he said, can you call up Samuel for me? Now I'm not getting into that story, but you can go read it for yourself. That's some pretty freaky stuff. The Bible records it. Whatever happened, it was real. But it was limited. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 8, there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God they didn't know the difference until the apostles came until the miraculous started moving and then all of a sudden Simon like Janice and Jambres said hold on a second hold on a second we've got all kind of incantations but we ain't got nothing like that And he followed them around and he said, how much I got to pay you for this anointing that you have? Because (laughs) some people's ministry is all about the money. That's why we don't want to run off the big tithe payers. We can't preach the truth too hard because the big tithe payers. It's a Simon spirit. How much is that anointing going to cost me to keep? Simon the sorcerer was trying to purchase it. And I believe it was Peter that looked at him and said, How dare you try to purchase what is free? And the great power of God. Your money perish with you. Simon, this ain't about money. This is about liberty. And you need to understand something. 
that you've been bewitching the city all this time, but the Holy Ghost sent us in here to liberate these people from the spirit of resistance and to show them the difference between the miracle and the magic. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. In Acts chapter 13, the Bible said, when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, are you here? They found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet. He was a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the county, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul. Sergius Paulus, who was the deputy and a prudent man, had called Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. Barnabas and Paul or Saul, there's something missing in my life. And I've got this sorcerer over here, and I've got this false prophet. i got this guy that's been telling me all this stuff. But everything he's telling me, something's missing in my life. There's something that I don't have, and I need you to come tell me what it is. And they went to preach to him the word of God. But Elamus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn the deputy from the faith. Boy, I have seen it so many times. Some new baby gets the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. They are fired up. They're in the altar. They're in the prayer meetings. They're coming to the house of God. And then they start telling somebody, and it gets to the wrong person, and some little false prophet raises up and starts asking a bunch of questions. Well, I don't know. Do they believe this? I don't know. Do they believe this? Well, they believe in the Trinity? No, we don't believe in something that's not in the Bible. Well, do they believe in this? Do they believe in that? they believe in three gods? they baptize in the titles? No, we don't baptize like nobody was ever baptized in the whole Bible. No, we don't. Well, I don't know. You better watch it. I, I, I think that pastor, he, he probably got a demonic spirit on him. Hey, that's exactly what a devil would say. And there's always something to resist the preaching of the truth. The spirit out there is to resist the truth. You know why we do spiritual warfare is to gain dominion and authority. But the main reason we do spiritual warfare is to open the eyes of the blind. Because Satan is the God of this world and he blinded the minds of them that believe not. The spirit of resistance is there every day of the week, every minute of the day. So yeah, we are in a war. Yeah, we are in a battle. There's never a time when we're not in a battle. We are fighting for the survival of humanity and the world needs to see a demonstration of the miraculous in the people of God. Are you with me tonight? We need to understand that the power of the enemy is not enough to stop the church but we've got to let God be God and we cannot let them confuse people out there that are hungry for the truth and hungry for the word of God. Acts chapter 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. The devil was saying the truth, but it was a devil. And Paul was like, no, you're a devil. You don't get to affirm us. You're fake. As soon as we leave town, you're going to your, you're gonna use your influence to say, I was supportive of those men when they were here. Now let's keep on doing what we do. I'm going to go back to my soothsaying. And Paul said, no, we're not going to do this. This she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out the same hour. 
You know what we do with most devils? We leave them alone. We just leave them alone. We don't want to deal with that. We don't have time to deal with that. But there's people that are suffering. In Micah chapter 3, we're headed there. He said, you false prophets, this is in the living Bible, you false prophets, you who lead his people astray, you who cry peace to those who give you food and threaten those who will not pay. This is God's message to you. The night will close about you and cut off all your visions. Darkness will cover you with never a word from God. The sun will go down upon you and your day will end. Then at last... You will cover your faces in shame and admit that your messages were not from God. That kind of judgment is coming to this world. That kind of judgment is coming to this world. I, was, I, I told you a little bit Thursday night about calling, talking to my bishop. And, and I asked him in that conversation. I, I, I said, because he was... Telling me this, this is the enemy. This is the devil. He is trying to stop you at every turn. Are you still here? I said, Bishop, is there any way we could have grieved God? You, you, know, you know our guts. You know everything. There's nothing you don't know. You know it all. We've talked about everything that has gone on. Is there any way we could have grieved God? Is there any way we could have missed God? Is there any way we could have fallen in unbelief? He said, I am telling you, this is the devil that is doing his best to wear you down and to wear out your faith and to wear out the faith of the church and to make you think that nothing is ever going to happen. He is trying to shut every door that he can. And that's when he told me to go to that future building, our future building, and stand with my back to the door and face the east. And I called him when I was there, and this is what he said. I'm going to lose about 70% of you right here. You can be seated because the mind is going to lock down on you. He said, let me tell you something. He said, those Egyptian pyramids that nobody can figure out how they built, he said, they have documentaries out there, these big pulley systems and all that kind of stuff, but he said, they hewed those rocks out of the, the mountains, and some of them weighed 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 tons. That's 120,000 pounds. You're not moving that. I don't care what you've got. He said, back in those days... He said they didn't have the means to move. He said, I'm not even sure they have the means to move it today. I don't know. But he said, I'm going to tell you what happened. He said they moved those stones with their mind. And they built those pyramids with sorcery. I lost, I lost a bunch of you right there. He said some of them fit so tightly together you can't even put a piece of paper between them. He said they are cut so perfectly and they are aligned so perfectly. He said, Brother Nichols, the mind is more powerful than you believe it and faith is more powerful. And he said, if the devil can do that, 
if that's what magic can do, just think about what the miracle can do. Because there's going to come a time when the enemy is going to have to say, hey, we can do a lot, but we can't do that. That was the finger of God. Somebody praise him. I'm not done yet. Somebody praise him. Matt and I stood there looking at each other. And it knocked my breath out just like it knocked your breath out when he said that. And I'm going, how does he know that? Where did he read that? Where did he, how did he figure that out? Because that's what we do. That's what we do. But he said, when you get beyond the limitations of what you think can happen. And you get beyond what you can even ask or think. And you walk in the realm of faith. He said, I'm telling you. Speak to your mountain. And here's what happens. These guys, you can do what you want. You can sit, stand, stand on your head. I don't care. Don't stand on your head. These guys that get involved in all of this dark black magic. They go so far out there. They meditate. They do seances. They practice all this kind of stuff at, all the way to astral projection and everything else. Because they know the further I get out there, the further there is to go. There really is no limitations. If I can go this far, I can go this far. But with us apostolics, somehow we've got a mindset that feels like we have to beg God for everything. But I'm telling you, there is a Moses anointing that is coming upon this generation. Now watch. Some of you are still sitting. Well, I don't believe all that stuff. You know, man, what? 120,000 stone, pound stones. You can think that and all that kind of stuff. I just don't believe that. Well, the Bible said that the magicians took a stick and turned it into a snake. And the Bible said that Moses stretched out his rod. I think it was over the Nile and the frogs came out. They said, we can do that too. And they did it. It was imitated, but it really happened. It really happened. The spirit world is real. But the devil can only go so far. He can't go near as far as God can. Who created the heavens and the earth and everything therein. There's power in the truth. There's power in the truth. There's power in the truth. And the enemy's out there resisting the truth. And here comes old Janice and Jambres. Uh, you're not going to get that. You ain't going to have that. Oh, we can do that too. You ain't better than us. Watch this. We can have church too. We can act that way too. But sooner or later, you know that, you know that snakes are cold-blooded? You know they're cold-blooded? 
reptiles are cold-blooded. That serpent in the garden, what I know about cold-blooded animals is that they've got a quick start, but they can't go very far because their, their blood is not warm enough to help them to endure past a certain limit. He that endured to the end shall be saved. And I'm telling somebody, you're about to outrun the devil in your life. You're about to overcome him because he's limited. I wish somebody would praise him right now and believe God for the miracle. I wish somebody would get after it right now in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to open your mouth and speak to your miracle. Speak to your mountain. Speak it in the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm losing you. I'm losing you. I dare you to come out of your seat right now and tell the devil, I am not going to let my flesh rule my life. I am not going to let my carnal mind rule my life. I've got the mind of Christ. I've got creative power on the inside of me. Hallelujah. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Go. Go. Do it. Say it. Say it right now. Say it right now. In this 